Well, welcome to Wednesday's Shelter Daily in His Word. Again, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just dropping by here for a few moments. I know sometimes some people just kind of turn in and they click on just to see what's going on and then they just move on. But if you're clicking on and just looking at us, uh, hang around. We'd love to love for you just to uh, be a part of what we're doing today and, and just enjoy uh, just the time in the Word of the Lord. I believe the, the, the scriptures, it's important for us to, to discover and to talk about what the Bible talks about, to uh, be able to find out how we as people of God can uh, better serve the King. And the only way to do that is to know what His Word says and how to keep our hearts and our minds uh, focused. And the Bible talks about renewing our minds. How do you renew your mind? Through the Word of God. That's what Romans uh, 12 talks about. It says, you know, you need to renew your mind. You, you, the only way to do that is by the Word of God. And renewing is transforming. And I believe that if you renew your mind, you can be transformed by the power of His Word. So today, we're going to dive in. We're, gonna, we're just going to get into the Word of the Lord today. And again, uh, you know, if you have a prayer need and things like that, would you, would you mind just sharing it with us? I know there's a lot going on, but rem just, just share the word uh, with us so that we know how to pray. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, there's a comment box there. You can join uh, comments. You can go to jubileeworshipcenter.com and you can uh, comment there. We have a place where you can check in and you can uh, let us know what's going on in your life. And, and we can do some follow-up with you. We can uh, do, you know, we can, we can kind of get to know you a little better. You get to know us. We would love to be able to just uh, do that. Uh, can't make you do it, but hey, you know what? It's there. It's available to you. We hope that you'll do so. And, uh, and not only that, we, we hope that maybe you would consider even uh, sharing in giving. Uh, maybe you have a gift or uh, a financial gift. Uh, you know, we uh, continue to uh, bring the gospel uh, through this uh, online service, and we continue to share the Word of God through Jubilee Online Church. And, and this is important, and, and we, want to, we want the gospel to go forth. But like anything else, you know, it does take, it, it does take money. And uh, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but the reality is that it is, and the only way for that to happen is for people like you to be willing to share what God has blessed you with, to share with, with the body of Christ, and allow us to be good stewards of the Word of God. So thank you for giving, thank you for sharing, and uh, just, I just want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. So let's get into the Word of God today, but just before we do, let's just pray and give thanks to the Lord. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to just share in the Word. So bless our time. God, I pray to let our hearts be open and receptive. God, if there's things that we need to change about ourselves, then Holy Spirit, teach us how. Show us how. And God will do it. We want to be servants, God, that are willing and obedient to you. And thank you for grace, because you've given us grace that we might walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we have been talking, we have been uh, 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 on this topic of the rapture of the church. And yesterday, we were kind of focusing in on what uh, Peter said in Second in Peter. And we were talking about Second Peter 3, 1 through 9. We talked about the scoffers that would, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, would arise. And they would say, oh, things have never changed. Just the way, where's the promise of his coming? Well, we know. So here's the question. So <clears throat> when, will, when will the rapture take place? When will it take place? Well, I would, I would be... Um, a foolish person to sit here and say, oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. Although it could happen tomorrow. Um, or it's going to happen next week. And yet it could happen next week. 
Um, all I know is this. I just know he's coming. I don't know when he comes. I just know he's coming. And that, so what, what, is, what, 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 do we, what do we do? How do we know? Well, I believe that the Lord, uh, he sets watchmen. He sets people that know how to pray and to seek him and, and watch and seek his face and, and look and see and, and are willing to uh, be mindful of what he is of what he's talking about. So there's watchmen sitting on the wall, kind of like it was back in the day when uh, the, the uh, groom would betroth a bride. And they would, they would, uh, he would set up the dowry and he'd say, okay, this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer her um, this dowry and, and there's gonna be an exchange of, of commitments. And the bride would say yes to him and and he would say yes to her and then he would go off and he would prepare and make ready for for his bride and then the bride would then have watchmen watching and waiting to see when the bridegroom would return and at the first sign of the bridegroom returning the bride who is already ready because she's waiting. She's not going to get ready. She's not going to make herself ready. She is already ready. Does that make sense? She's already prepared. Everything is in order. Everything is set. And then, and then when the watchman sounds the alarm that the bridegroom approaches, she has nothing to worry about. And, and, and she has around her friends of the bridegroom. The friends of the bridegroom were there to ensure that she stayed pure and didn't get herself into trouble. That, she would make sh that they would make sure that she would be the spotless one that he had originally made his covenant commitment to. That she wouldn't stray, that no one would come, no one would sneak in, no hireling would come in and try to, try to woo her away, to deceive her away from what the bridegroom or what the groom has already prepared for his bride. And so the bridegroom's friend, so in that analogy, God has set prophets and watchmen and prayer warriors and intercessors to watch and to pray so that they can be ready and see signs and know what's going on so they can warn warn the bride the church of his return and then there are the bridegroom's friends the bridegroom's friends are the pastors and the leaders of the church they are the in revelations the candlesticks. They are the ones who are sitting in the midst of the church and they're shining. The reason we're here, you know, uh, I always, I always tell people, I say, you know, sometimes, you know, being a pastor is not the easiest role there is because number one, most people don't like, don't like to be told uh, whether or not they're living for Jesus the right way or not. <laughs> they just don't like to hear it. And the other side of that is, as many, many times for pastors, it's hard for us because we know that not a lot of people really in our day and time want to hear the disciplines 
of the Word of God and to hear the things that they need to be doing to keep their heart in tune with and ready for and pure so that when the bridegroom does come, that he comes and finds the bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And yet this is the imagery that Jesus uh, lays before us and that we see laid out time and again throughout Scripture. That Jesus, he said, I go away. I'm going to go away. Now he already he made a covenant relationship and he promised, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself as a ransom for many. And we know he did because he died on the cross. Not only did he die on the cross, but he was buried. Not only was he buried, but he rose again. Not only did he rise again, but he also ascended into heaven and today is at the right hand of the Father as our intercessor. Now, you understand that by him doing what he has done, he has said to us just before all of those events took place, sitting with his disciples in John 14, he said, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. What was he doing? He was, he was doing the same thing that the groomsmen, when there was a betrothal that would take place. He's going to go away, but he says, I will come again. I'm coming again. Now the question, of course, for the, 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 the apostles or the disciples at that time was, when will be your coming? How will we know? When will it be? And so the Lord lays out some things and says, this is what the world will look like. This is how it will be prior to my return. What's it going to be like before Jesus calls his church home? Because he, before he says, okay, I'm come, I've come to get my bride. I've come to, to get her. What will the bride look like? Well, the Bible tells us that we have to be without spot or wrinkle. We're we, we not to have garments stained. We are to have pure garments. We are to be ready. All right? He's coming after a pure bride. So he tells us to be ready. So this is what Jesus is talking about. Now, remember, he told us in Matthew 24, he says, Now, I want you to know that no one knows the day or the hour. Any of this kind of stuff's going to happen. Not even the angels in heaven really know. They don't know. <clears throat> this, I, don't, he said, I don't even know. All I know is when my father says it's time. That's the time. When will it happen? When he says it's time. So I believe, according to the Word of God, that uh, the Bible talks about how that all men have to hear the gospel, and then the end will come. When, when all have heard, when all have heard. You know, with technology today, uh, the Word of God can go forth in such a way that, that within moments, everyone around the globe can hear it. What I'm doing right now, as we're sitting here during the sheltered uh, series right now we're in, this word can literally go around the globe in just a matter of moments. And it can be heard and seen anywhere around the world. That's the power of this. And, and, it, and the re how it can happen is the more people who share what they hear, the more people hear it. And then the more people share it. And the more people that share it, the more that hear it. And it just keeps going and going and going. You know, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be wonderful if the word that we're sharing right now, literally, that you would help us to get this word out to the globe? 
that it would go around the world. Why? Because we believe, listen, if you believe Jesus is coming, then it's important for us to be the light to the lost world. Why? Because Jesus said, we don't know when it's going to happen. We just know it's going to happen. We don't know the hour that it's going to take place. We just know it's going to take place. We don't know, we don't know the, the day or the hour. We just know it's going to happen. So the question is, is, well, how close are we? I mean, how, how close are we to all these events really transpiring? How, how, how do we know? Well, <clears throat> you know, the Bible says, therefore be also ready for in such an hour as you think not, Son of Man will come. So I've always said this, when I read that scripture verse, it just reminds me that when people start acting like what Peter talked about with scoffers, say, oh, things are going on like they've always gone on. Where's the promise of his coming? They're not looking for his coming. They think everything's just going to maintain. We're just going to keep going on. Days turn to nights. Nights turn to days. Days goes to weeks. Weeks goes to months. Months goes to years. When they start thinking that everything's just kind of the way it is, Jesus said, in those hours, when those times, when you no longer are concerned about, when you no longer focus in on the fact that I am coming, when your heart becomes idle, when, when your minds turn off the truth and you listen to lies and fables, when you turn there, when, when, when that, then see, this, is, this becomes the warning. Listen to me, Christian. If you're idle in your Christian walk, this is a warning to you. This is a warning. If you are, if you're somehow lackadaisical in your attitude about the coming of Jesus, excuse me, and about living your life, and about walking with Christ, about living out Jesus to the world, this is the warning. He's warning you. If you find yourself attracted to the world, and attracted to the things of the world, instead of being attracted to the things of God, this is the warning. This is the warning to the, to the idle believer. Those of you that have just become lax, you become apathetic, you become, ah, things, I don't know when, it'll, I don't know if it'll even going to happen. I don't even know. I'm not even sure anymore. Because things have just gone, things are just being, when you get yourself caught up in all this, all this stuff, you know, and the enemy, listen, the enemy loves to distract you. He loves to deceive you. He wants to. This is the warning to the unbeliever. I know it sounds like an idle tale. I know if you're listening to me today and you've never even thought about the fact that Jesus is going to come or that there's going to be a rapture of the church or a tribulation. You're probably thinking, oh, I can't believe that. There's no way. It just seems like an idle tale. But I'm telling you, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it won't happen. There's a lot of things people don't believe. But it doesn't stop. You know, there are people today right now, in fact, I, I, read, I read a statistic that said one-third of the, uh, the earth's population right now, one-third, still believe the earth is flat. And they still have, you can go on the internet, you can find the Flat Earth Society. People who still do not believe that the earth is round. <laughs> and I think, wow, you know what, here we are with all the science we have, with all the things we have. And yet still people believe. See, you can believe a lie and you can find yourself lost. You can believe the deception and you can believe those things and you can say it doesn't happen. There's no way it could be. It's not possible. Well, okay. All right. It's not an argument that I want to get into. The truth of the matter is it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't mean it won't take place because we have the promise that Jesus said, I come, I'll come, I'm coming back. 
and the world that rushes to and fro, who gets involved in materialism, and they're so earth-minded and, and earth-bound, and, and they, they mind earthly things. They're, you know, all they, you know, they, you know, you, you always, I hear people say, oh, the church is nothing more than alarmists. I'm thinking, we're alarmists. But we've got people in high office right now sitting in our Congress that are telling the American people that if we don't change what we do with our, with our, uh, uh, our environment, that in 12 years, we will no longer exist. Now, is that not crazy? But we're called the alarmists because we believe Jesus is coming. We're sitting here talking about Jesus coming and that it's going to happen. And you say, well, there's no way. Listen, there is, more, there is more reality to the fact Jesus will come than there is to a lot of the stuff that talks about climate change. That's right. Because we have the proof that Jesus did already come. We know he already come. We know he's already been here. We know he's already came. He, we know that he, he was born. We know he was. So, yeah, but I don't believe he was born as a virgin. Really? And yet today doctors can artificially inseminate a woman. She can give birth without ever having a relationship with a man. But you can't believe that God could do something like that when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will overshadow, he overshadowed that, that young maiden, Mary, and that which was conceived of her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to sit there and tell me you can't believe that, but yet we can see doctors can do this every day? It's amazing to me how blinded we can. We, oh, that's folly. It's just worthless. We're, we're, I'm too concerned about my my 401k i'm i'm more concerned about that i'm more concerned you know we we hear of pestilence and disease and problems and things that we got going on in our world right now that we never thought we'd ever see in our day and time and yet you still don't want to believe that jesus is coming it sounds like folly you're so bound and earthbound and you care about more about mother earth than you care about anything else you know, people have the idea that the earth was, was literally created for animals and that man is an invader. When in reality, God said, I created the earth for man to have dominion over everything in the earth. And yet the world takes that and flips that around and says, no, 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 that's not the way it is. But the reason why the animal life can't survive is because man has taken up all its habitat. God did not create this earth for the animal kingdom. He created this earth for mankind, for those he created after his likeness. And yet we have, we're so earth-minded and so earth-bound that the things we talk about in the, from the Bible's perspective, the things that we share seems like so total ignorance. And we got people, you know, going out there saying, oh, they're just a bunch of ignorant people. They don't even know what they're talking about. And I'm thinking, really? Really? And yet you can believe you can believe that somehow, through some strange phenomenon, out of, out of uh, some bang that happened, that, that, that some amoeba decided to crawl out of the water, crawl on earth and grow its own legs so it could walk, and then all of a sudden stand upright and hang from trees. And then from there it decided instead of hanging from trees, it would be better to be on the ground. But that's okay. That doesn't sound like folly to you. Because you have some scientific jargon you want to put with it. And yet the Bible says it's the simplicity of the gospel that men reject. It's the simplicity of the word of God that people decide to say, you know what, I want nothing to do with that. 
I find that, I just find that amazing. No wonder Jesus said, no wonder his word tells us that he will use the foolish things to confound the wise because that's exactly what he's doing. So we talk about the rapture. We talk about how important it is. We say to us, you know, as we're, as we're preparing for the coming of the Lord Jesus, get your heart right, keep it right. Why? Because gee, we don't know when he's coming. We don't know when these things are going to transpire. But we know that we were warned over and over again. There's no way we're ever going to be able to be, you know, to be told, to say to God, I didn't know, I didn't know. No, you've been warned. You've been told over and over again it's going to happen. And just like we've been told over and over again that the doors of the church are going to be locked one day. And no one ever believed that. And yet within one day the church doors were shut down and no one could go to church. And now we find out, now we see how easy it is for people just, for mankind to fall into line with what they believe the world and the earth-minded people are saying. And yet when it comes to the heavenly things, nobody wants to listen. What I'm saying to you is, is listen, you might be the oddball out, but you're an alien to this world. You're not a part of this world. You're a part of a kingdom coming. And what you need to do is you need to live your life in such a way that you're prepared for the kingdom to come. Not only are you preparing yourself for the kingdom to come, but you are to bring others into that relationship with Jesus Christ. Help them to see. Talk to them. Share with your family and friends. Tell them. Share with them the urgency that you sense in your own heart. Because I know you sense it. If you're a Bible believer, if you're a Christ follower, you sense in your own heart the nearness of the coming of Jesus. And you know that man does not have the answer to the ills of this chaos that we're in right now. So, Father, I pray today that you'll give courage and strength to your people as they prepare and ready themselves. But in the meantime, let us, God, be watchful, waiting, and working, taking heed, doing what you ask us to do, God, and, and sharing the good news, being lights, God, in the midst of this darkness that we're in. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for sharing in another episode of Shelter Daily and His Word. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. May God bless you. And remember to stay sheltered daily in His Word.